Would you turn your Bible, please, to John chapter 1, beginning with verse 19, John chapter 1. As you're turning, I would like to express earnest appreciation to this great church, our great people, for the spirit you have evidenced during the past several days, well, during the past 20 years. You're a tremendous people. And I don't know where to begin. It just you go back and back and back. I guess I want to begin with the deacon-led soul winning conference. What a blessing our deacons were to this church and to all of us. And last Thursday night when we met for the practice session in Rio and went out and witnessed and visited and uh, presented plan of salvation to people in the homes, a number of people put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe God used our deacons to challenge us in this. And last Wednesday night and Sunday night and so on as our deacons presented the word of God to us. What a blessing. And then on Sunday, the way the Lord blessed all day long and in that great Sunday night service. And on Monday and Tuesday, so many of you that gave your time and love and interest in welcoming the churches and people of our whole area as we came together to think about evangelism, which is closest, in my opinion, to the heart of God. Closest thing, the closest theme, the closest thought to the Lord Jesus Christ. Evangelism, winning people to Christ. Those who registered the folks at the door, those who prepared the supper on Tuesday in their homes and brought it here, and those who served it last night, and those who served as ushers, and everyone who just took part and did such a wonderful job, and, and uh, the musicians and our choir, and Brother Ed, I was so thankful for all of you, and I just want to tell you, you're the greatest people in all God's world. I love you. And I believe you welcomed the people of the area, and I thank God for the privilege of our church serving as host church. And I know all of us were challenged by the messages on Monday night and on Tuesday afternoon and Tuesday night. How many of you got in on some of the conference? Lift your hand, would you? Well, many, many of you. Last night the place was packed. And uh, Tuesday night, there was a uh, Monday night, there was a great crowd. And we just thanked the Lord. But you know, we can go to conferences and we can go to evangelism conferences and soul winning conferences and all of those things. And we can read our Bibles and we can pray. But unless we transfer all of this, the challenge, the motivation that we receive and the know-how that we receive, transfer it into actual life. It will be so much sound and fury signifying very little. So tonight I want to lay on our hearts a passage and just a brief application from John chapter 1 verses 19 to 24. May we pray. Our Father, we thank Thee for what we've experienced in these last few days, the great preaching that has come from this pulpit, the way people's hearts have been stirred. We thank Thee for the honor of having those men of God stand here and share with us the Word of God and to motivate our hearts to do what the Word of God tells us to do. Tonight we pray that the Holy Spirit will again prepare us for what you want to do in the days ahead. Oh God, we come to thee in need. 
We come to thee as paupers hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God and the word of God. We pray thou wilt fill us and fill us with the spirit of God and may we go to those who do not know and give them the life of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray, amen. In John chapter 1, and this is the witness of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elijah? He said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he said, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And they who were sent were of the Pharisees. In the day in which Jesus lived, everybody belonged to something. Everybody was either a Pharisee or a Sadducee or a Herodian or an Essene or one of the Zealots. Everybody that was anybody, they belonged to one of those groups. John didn't belong to any of those. He didn't really fit into any of those categories. Interestingly enough, there was something about John that reminded people of the fundamentalism of the Pharisees. There was something about John that reminded people of the certainty and the scholarship of the Sadducees. There was something about John that reminded people of the concern of the Herodians for government. There was something about John that reminded them of the purity of the Essenes. There was something about John that reminded them of the urgency of the Zealots. And so they came and said, John, who are you? Just who are you? You're sort of an odd person. We don't understand you. And John said, I'm a voice. I'm a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And he quoted Isaiah chapter 40. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. I'm just a voice. Now notice John didn't say, I'm an echo. He could have said, I'm an echo, because he was an echo of God's voice. What he really meant was, I'm not an echo of the voices of the Pharisees. I'm not an echo of the voices of the Sadducees. I'm not an echo of the voices of the Herodians, or the Zealots, or the Essenes. I am a voice of God. And here's what God says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. We live in an age when everybody wants to tag you with a name. What are you? You a fundamentalist? You a Southern Baptist? You a, a American Baptist? You a Northern Baptist? You a, a Seventh-day Adventist Baptist? Or you a, what kind of what are you? I could go on. There are two seed in the spirit Baptists. There are predestinarian Baptists and all kinds of odd Baptists. Lots of pretty odd. And, and people are always saying, who are you? Just what are you? Well, I want to say that instead of tagging ourselves with any kind of a name, 
we ought to be able to say, I'm a voice. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness, the voice of God, prepare ye the way of the Lord. What are you today? Can you really say, I'm a voice? And I'm a voice that says, first of all, to myself and to those with whom I serve in Sunday school, in training union, in the work of the Lord, in the deaconship, in the prayer meeting hour, in the Sunday worship, in all the things. I say this to myself and to those with whom we work, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And then I go outside the four walls of the church, out where the people are, the outsiders, and I say to them, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Can we say we are a voice? There are three things I want to lay on our hearts very briefly. If we're to be preparers, I want to suggest that we need to be sure to prepare our hearts and to prepare others for heaven. We need to be sure that we're ready for heaven. We need to be sure we're saved. We need to be double positive of that. You know, it's possible. We've experienced in this church people who came to every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then suddenly it dawned on them, I'm not saved. Members of the church. You see, joining a church is not enough for salvation. There needs to be a definite time, a definite experience in your life that you can go back to and say, there was an hour, there was a moment, there was a definite day when I knew I was lost and I asked Christ to be my Savior and Jesus Christ came into my heart and He saved me. You may not remember the date on the calendar. You may not remember all about it. But if you don't remember it happening, it may not have happened at all. If the whole thing is just some kind of a vague something that way back somewhere years ago you did something sort of religious and I guess that's going to get me to heaven. Well, everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. There needs to be a definite time when we've asked Christ Jesus to come into our life and be our Savior for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the eyes of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He's different. He's not old anymore. He's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There is a life change. There is a new birth. And Christ comes in to fill up the empty void places. Are you sure you're going to heaven? If you died tonight, are you double positive beyond the shadow of a doubt that you'd go to heaven? That's what John was saying. I'm a voice. Prepare ye the way. Be sure you know the Lord. Be sure you're going to heaven. Now really, nobody is ready to live this life until he's ready to die. And of course, nobody's ready to die until he's ready to live. So they're all interlinked. We do not just talk about a piece of pie in the sky when you die by and by. It's not simply a matter, are you sure you're going to heaven? Then live like the devil here. It isn't like that at all. If you're positive you're going to heaven, it's going to influence the way you live here. And so the second thing, be sure you're in touch 
with heaven day by day by day. Be sure you're in touch with heaven through prayer. Prayer is the mightiest force in this universe, universe and it so often is unused. It's like a telephone line, never as busy. Suppose tonight we would announce that the, there's, a tele, there's a hotline in the office to the President of the United States, and he's up there waiting for anybody at Glendale Baptist Church who wants to call. He's going to sit there the next hour and wait. And then one of us could just go quietly and get in that Oval Office at the White House and sit there unseen and watch. And here's Mr. Ford just waiting, 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 waiting. I wonder if those people down at Glendale Baptist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky knew that they had a hotline. I don't hear anybody calling. And he waits and he waits and he waits and he waits and he waits. And nobody calls. A whole hour that we had access to the president and we didn't do it. We have access to God by faith through prayer any hour of the day, any hour of the night, and then we bear all these anxieties and these worries and these fears and all these problems, and we would twiddle our thumbs and pull our hair and walk the floor at night. Oh, how much pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Are we sure we're in touch with heaven day by day? At the factory, at the job where you work, over at the school, at the university, in high school, in grade school, wherever you are, you can be in direct touch with God just like that for prayer makes God only a thought away. You do not have to be on your knees to pray. There are times we need to get on our knees and be in a closet to pray. But you don't have to be there to pray. You don't even have to have your eyes closed. You can pray driving down the highway. You can pray walking along the street. You can play, pray walking between classes. You know, one of my favorite times to pray when I was a student was between classes when I'd go from one class to another in college or in the seminary. I'd pray all the way down the hall. And sometimes people speak to me and, 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 and they'd almost have to wake me up. Hey, Richard, there you, I want to talk to you. And uh, I was talking to God. And of course, I came back and talked to him. <laughs> But, but you know, we can pray everywhere we go. And we need to get in touch with God through prayer. Thirdly, who are you? Who are you, John? John said, I'm a voice. I'm a voice. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The third thing I want to say, be sure you're talking, you're taking others to heaven. Be sure you're taking others to heaven with you in two ways number one through a life that stacks up somebody said you can't play Beethoven on a tin whistle I'd hate to send Rudy Atwood down to one of those pianos in the basement and say play us one of your beautiful melodies if any of you've been in those basement pianos you know what I'm talking about well sometimes our lives are like that and God wants to play a melody that's beautiful, that's attractive, and can win this world to Christ, and can attract other people to Jesus. And our lives are filled with tawdry, cheap, insignificant nothings. The Bible says, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. And yet our mouth is filled with cigarettes. God says, 
Be holy as I am holy, and our lips are filled with perverseness and ridicule and ugliness and cursing and swearing and dirty jokes. We're not going to take others to heaven that way. Be sure we're taking others with us to heaven. That's the voice. Who are you? Well, I'm somebody that's a voice that wants to take as many people to heaven as I can. Is that the way you look at it? Dr. Weber said last night, suppose we have five years, that's all. And then he said with a note of conviction, we may have much less than five years. You see, here at Glendale we hear that. And sometimes we become insensitive to it. But all over the world, Bible-believing men of God are saying to this generation, wake up, it's later than you think. We may not have long. We have not time to twiddle our thumbs. We have not time to play in the trifles. We have not time to go just waste our hours doing nothing and listening to the rock music and the bands of the day and watching our televisions. One of the greatest things that could happen to this church, if, if every television set in our church would break wide open and bust to the floor. You didn't have time to watch it. You couldn't watch it anymore. Maybe God in his mercy would then give you a replacement that would only work for educational programs and news. All these late movies that people watch and sit up glued to them hour after hour after hour into the wee hours of the morning instead of praying, instead of reading the Bible, instead of doing things for God. If you've got that time to waste, if you've got those hours available, come with me. We'll go make some visits to those hours of the night. Those are some of the best hours to visit. Go to the hospital. Go out and see people that are lost and, and let God have his way. But for Jesus' sake, let's be done with groveling among the trifles and playing with time. 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 And secondly, let's be sure we're taking people to heaven, not only through lives that count, but through tongues that talk through going out and saying to people, Jesus came into my life several years ago and he changed my life and made life exciting, made life worth living and I love him and I just wonder if anything like that's ever happened to you. I'd like to tell you how you can have that same thing happen to you. For God so loved the world that means Richard Olden, that means you, Joe, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. The other day I was coming into Bowling Green late in the night. I'd been to Louisville, and I was coming in on the road over there, Louisville Road, and I stopped at a station, Phonies. And there was a guy that came, a long-haired guy, to wait on me. He was from over in eastern Kentucky. He's a student at Western. And I got out of the car and I said, Hi there, friend. You know what happened to me? He looked at me. I guess he thought it was going to tell me I got robbed. I said, Do you know what happened to me? He said, No, I don't know what happened to you. I said, Several years ago, Jesus Christ came into my life and he changed the direction of my life. And I want to tell you, 
He really revolutionized me, and I love him. Has anything like this ever happened to you? He said, no. I said, would you like for it to? He said, sure would. I got to tell him how. He wouldn't trust Christ that night, but I got to tell him how. And he, he knows he's heard about the Lord. And last night we were confronted with this thought. If we could confront every human being in the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to do it. But how are we going to do it? We really can't do it through the newspapers. That's good. We need to. I think we ought to have more publicity. If we'd all tithe more, we could spend more money on publicity. And you know publicity counts? It's invaluable, isn't it? How many of you saw the announcement about the evangelism conference in the paper? Put your hands up. Many of you did, certainly. It was valuable. It cost $149. It's valuable in a lot of ways. If we'd tithe and all of us put our money in, we could be putting announcements about the Word of God and the work of God in the papers regularly. But we can't get it all done that way. We could do it on the radio. I understand if I'm telling if Johnny Deacons, is this true about what you told me about WLBJ? I understand that Garner Ted Armstrong now has a broadcast on WLBJ AM every day. And he's on every television station you can turn on. He's on every radio program, every radio station, almost everyone across America. And Garner Ted Armstrong, I don't mean to be being critical of a man, but that man, I don't agree with his theology because he doesn't have much. And I certainly don't agree with what he teaches because he doesn't teach much. And I don't agree with what he says about how to get to heaven because he tells you you have to keep the law to get to heaven. But I admire the fact that he is trying his best to get the word out every way he can. And we ought to do that. And if we would all be faithful with our tithes and offerings, we could do it. And we need to do it. But let me say this. That is no substitute for you and me personally. Going to every person we know, we see the postman, the mailman, the groceryman, everybody we come in contact with, and then make some special scheduled time to go and knock on doors and say in a loving, tender, gracious way, Hello there. My name's Richard Oldham. I've come to talk to you about Jesus tonight. All they can do is shut the door in your face, and not very many do that. If they do, you can say with Peter and John, I counted a joy to suffer, to be able to suffer for Jesus. And that's not much suffering, is it? I've never been mugged for telling the gospel. Have you? I've never been spit on for telling the gospel. I've been cursed out, sworn at. But that's nothing. I can take that. Somebody sometime will come to me saying, now, I'd like for you to go make this visit, but you, you better watch out. They'll cuss at you and they'll swear they won't talk good to you. I don't care about that. I've been talked ugly to. I don't mind a bit being talked ugly to about by lost people because they don't know any better. I don't know about saved people. <laughs> but anyway, we need to go out and win and witness and talk to people about Jesus Christ. Who are you? Are you a voice? Am I a voice? Or are we just an echo? It's a pretty day, isn't it? Things going to rain tonight. Might snow tomorrow. Boy, you don't like weather. You, you, you want different kind of weather? Just hang around in Kentucky. We have it. it snows today, rains tomorrow. Uh, 80 degrees today and about 18 degrees tomorrow. That's what we talk about. Trifles. Nothing. Why don't we talk about Jesus? 
why don't we say, Lord, here's my tongue, here's my time, here's my tithe. Let's pray. Our Father, make us voices instead of echoes, echoes of the things we hear in the tawdry, cheap world. Make us echoes of the things of God, not the things of the world. And make us a voice that speaks for God in a dark and perverse generation. We pray that tonight, if there's one person here who does not know Jesus Christ, thy spirit will deal with his heart and he'll come to Christ tonight. And Lord, we pray that thou wilt draw thy people real close to your heart and prepare us for revival through helping us to love each other and giving us the compassion that Jesus had to go and win the lost at any cost. In Jesus' name, amen. May we stand, please.